This is a Slavic folktale, which seems to come from Slovenia. Now, it's called the Sun. Now, there was once a king, and he loved to go hunting. And one day he was chasing a stag, and the stag kept running through the forest, and he kept following it until he was way ahead of all the other hunters. He was on his own, and still he rode after that stag. On and on and on he went, but the stag got away from him, and darkness was falling, and he realized he had no idea how to get back to the high road and back to his castle. He saw a small hut where a charcoal burner and his wife lived, and he went to the door, knocking on it, and said, "'My man, will you show me the way back to the high road? "'I have become lost in the forest here. "'I will pay you well for it.' "'Well,' said the man, "'I, I can't take you to the road tonight "'because my wife is going to have a baby. "'But tomorrow, when it is light, "'I will take you and show you the way very happily.' But I have a loft up there, a small hay loft that you can sleep in. Uh, spend the night here under our roof, and tomorrow I will lead you where you want to go. So the king, being tired, he climbed a little ladder up into the loft, and there was some nice fresh hay there, so he made himself up a little bed, and he lay down to go to sleep. Now, during the night... The charcoal burner's wife gave birth to a little boy, and it was a difficult birth. Now the king couldn't sleep. He was lying up there in the loft, when suddenly he realized that there was a sudden radiant light in the house. He looked through a crack in the floorboards, and he could see underneath. There was the charcoal burner, sound asleep. His wife was slumped in the corner, and she seemed to be either in a swoon, in a faint, or else asleep as well. And alongside her lay this little boy. Well, there was three women standing there who the light was shining from. They were the fates. They were all dressed in white, all glowing, radiant like the moon, and all holding a candle. And the one said, I will give this child the gift of being able to face great dangers. And the second said, I will give him the gift of being able to overcome all those dangers happily and living to a ripe old age. And the third fate said, I wish for this child a wife. He will marry the princess who was born in the same hour as him, the daughter of the king who lies asleep in the loft upstairs. And with that, the three of them disappeared. Well, the king was, had heard all of this, and he was furious. Him, a little peasant boy, marrying his daughter? No way was that ever going to be allowed to happen. And he lay there awake, 
all night wondering how he could stop this fate. Well, in the morning, the baby woke and started to cry, and the charcoal burner got up and went over to him. He tried to rouse his wife, but he couldn't. Sadly, she had died during the night, and the man sat there weeping with his baby in his arms, saying, How am I going to support this little child myself, this tiny little orphan? What chance does he have in life? And the king came down the ladder, and he was all smiles. I hear your your problem, he said. That's so sad, but let me, let me ease your burden. I will take the child from you, and I will raise it well as my own. And, seems you are a poor charcoal burner, I will give you a good sum of money, so that you need never have to burn charcoal again for a living, as long as you live. But I will take the child and I will care for it. Well, the man thought, This is wonderful, what a kind man. So he agreed. Well, the king said, I will send a servant to fetch the child. And so the charcoal burner took the king and showed him the road that he was looking for, and he was able to get back to his castle. And when he arrived there, he heard that his daughter, a little princess, had been born the previous night. Well, the queen was rather surprised. She thought that he would be delighted at the news, but instead of that he just frowned and called for one of his servants. He said to the servant, There's a charcoal burner in the forest there. I want you to go to his home and give him this bag of money. It was a large bag of gold coins. Give him that and take the baby from him, the baby boy that was born there last night, and drowned him in the river. And don't come back if you haven't achieved this, or it'll be worse for you. Well, the servant agreed, and he went off to the charcoal burner's house, and he gave the charcoal burner a bag of money, and he took the little boy who was lying asleep in a basket. He rode out to the middle of a bridge, and he cast the child into the river, and then he rode off laughing to himself, thinking that he had done for the child. He had killed it just as the king had ordered. Well, he went back and he told the king the news, and the king laughed and said, Ha, ha, well, good luck to you then, Mr. Son-in-law. Well, that basket, it didn't sink. It floated down the river, and it was picked up by a fisherman who was sitting mending his nets by the side of the river. And he took his boat out, rowed after this basket, and picked it up, and found inside it, sound asleep, a little baby boy. And he took him to his wife, and gave it to her, saying, You always wanted a child, and we were never blessed with one, but the river has given us one. Let us call him Plavacek, which means the blonde, the fair, because he was so yellow-headed. 
And so the two of them raised the little boy as their own son. Now twenty years passed, and the king was out hunting again. And he was riding through the forest on his own, and he came across the river, followed its banks, and he came to the fisherman and his wife. I'm thirsty, he said. Can you give me some water? Why, certainly, sir, they said. And they sent their son Plavacek out with a pitcher of water. The king looked at him quizzically, quizzically, and looked at his parents. Now his parents were dark-haired, but this boy was blonde. And he said, Is this your son, this handsome-looking fellow here? And the fisherman said, Well, yes and no. You see, he was brought to us by the river. We found him twenty years ago. The basket he was in came floating down the river, and we rescued him, and we brought him up as our son. Well, when the king heard that, his face grew white. He knew that this must have been the child that was born to the, the charcoal burner and that he hadn't died after all. Well, a wicked thought entered the king's head. The king's head was never short of wicked thoughts, and this one crept in quite easily. He got down off his horse. He took a pen and a piece of paper, and he said, I need a message sent back to the castle immediately. Boy, would you be able to go back, go to the castle, and bring this message? Why, certainly, sir, he said, absolutely, no problem. So the king wrote a message to his wife. Dear wife, he said, the bearer of this letter is my most dangerous and hated enemy. Have him killed immediately without delay or mercy. I want this done before I return. This is my will and my pleasure, signed the king. Well, he folded the letter up, he dropped sealing wax on it, and he put his wax impression on it, so that the letter was sealed. Now he gave it to Plavacek, and he said, Take this to the queen. Certainly, sir, he said. And off he went. Well, he travelled on and on and on through the forest, and eventually it started to become dark, and the forest had become thicker and thicker around him. He didn't really know which way he was supposed to go, but it was getting dark, and so he needed to try to find a place to spend the night. And he met an old woman, and the old woman said, Where are you going, Plavacek? Well, he was a bit surprised. She knew what his name was. Uh, well, I have to take this letter from the king to the queen in the castle. Um, but it looks like I'm not going to be able to do it in one day. No, indeed, she said. You come and spend the night with me, and I'll show you the way in the morning. It's not as if you're going to be staying with strangers, she said. I am your godmother. It was one of the fates. It was the fate that had given him the princess as a bride. 
Well, she took him to a lovely little cottage, and when they went inside it seemed to sink into the ground. Now Plavacek ate, and he went to his bed, and then the old woman got out the letter, and she read it, and she saw what the king was planning, and she thought, Oh, no, that is not going to happen. This is not how it ends. And she wrote a new letter in the same handwriting as the king, and using his seal as well, so it looked like it had never been opened. And she wrote, Dear wife, I want you to introduce the bearer of this letter to our daughter, the princess. I want him to be my son-in-law. I have chosen him for that. He is to marry my, our daughter, the princess, right away, without delay. I want this done before I return. This is my will and my pleasure, signed the king. Well, the next morning Plavacek got up, and the old woman sent him on his way with the letter in his pocket. And he arrived at the castle, and he presented the letter to the queen, and she read it, and she was surprised. The king was going to marry his daughter off to this young man, but he was a fine-looking young man. And when his daughter met him, when the princess met Plavacek, she thought he was the most lovely, handsomest man she'd ever seen. And the two of them were very happy together. The queen and the princess adored him. They thought he was wonderful. And they wasted no time. The marriage was held. And a few days later, the king returned. And he was furious. Why didn't you kill him? He asked the queen. That's what I told you to do. No, you didn't. You told me to marry him to our daughter. I never did. Look, it says it here, and she gave him the letter, and sure enough he read it, and it was his handwriting, and it was his seal that was on the letter. Well, he called Plavacek to him, and he said, Young man, did you go straight to the castle from your parents' home? Well, no, not quite, he said. You see, it got dark, and I met an old woman, and she took me to her house for the night. And what did this old woman look like? asked the king. Well, Plavacek told him, described her to him, and the king recognized her as being one of the fates that he had seen through that crack in the floorboard twenty years earlier. Well, he says, young man, you know, you can't just become the, the husband of the royal princess just like that. You have to give me a gift. Oh, said Plavacek. Um, well, I didn't know. Yes, I want you to go to old grandfather's son and fetch back three hairs from his head. Three of his golden hairs. Now, Grandfather Sun was the sun, and he lived in a golden palace a long way away. But Plavacek, although his wife wept and wept, the princess cried and cried, he said, Don't worry, it'll be fine. 
and he set off. He thought, I have no idea where I'm going, but I'm sure my godmother will guide the way somehow. And he walked, and he walked over mountains and valleys and cross rivers, and eventually he came to the shore of the Black Sea. Well, there was an old man there with a rowboat, and Plavacek said to him, Good morning, father, and God bless you. God bless you too, young traveller, he said, and where are you going to? Well, I'm going to grandfather's son's house, to his palace. I have to get three golden hairs from his head to take back to the king. Ah, said the old man, well, I ferry people across the sea, and I have done it for twenty years without any help. No one has ever helped me. But I will bring you across if you would ask Grandfather's son a question for me. Certainly, he said, I promise I will do that. Will you ask him how long I must toil, backwards and forwards rowing people across the sea? I'm tired I've been doing it for so long, and no one has ever offered to help. What can I do? How can I be free from this curse? Well, I promise I'll ask, said Plavacek. So the old man rowed him across the Black Sea. It was a long journey. And at the other side, the old man said, Now don't forget what I asked. I shan't said Plavacek, and he set off, and he walked and he walked for quite a distance till he came to a large town, and there was a funeral procession being held, because the king had died, and behind him, with tears running down his face, was the new king, his son. Now, Plavacek said to him, I am terribly sorry for your loss, Thank you, stranger, said the young king. And where are you going? Oh, I'm going to the palace of grandfather's son. I have to get three golden hairs from his head for the king back home. Really, I have waited for twenty years for such a messenger as you. Come to the palace after the funeral. I wish to speak to you. So... He went to the palace, and he was taken to the, the king, the new young king. And the king said to him, In our garden here we have a tree, and it bears apples. But they are no ordinary apples. They are magic apples, and they can restore youth to whoever eats them. Even if you are very old, and even if you are dying, if you ate the apple, you would become young and healthy again. But for twenty years it has not borne any blossoms or any fruit, and I would like to know why that is. Could you ask Grandfather's son the answer to that question? I will indeed. Then you will be well rewarded, said the king. And off went Plavacek, and he walked a long way until he came to a large city. And 
In the city everyone seemed to be sad. Now at the gate there was an old man leaning on a staff. Hello, said Plavacek. Um, this seems like a very sad place. Ah, it is, he said. Uh, who are you? Oh, I'm Plavacek. I'm just going to the palace of Grandfather's son to get three of his golden hairs to give to my king back home. Ah, we have waited a long time for such a messenger as you, said the old man. Come to the palace and see the king. So he went to the palace, and the king said to him, There is a well here that is fed by a spring, and the water that it gives is the water of life. If you drink from it, then whatever illness you have will disappear. It will go. You will be cured. And even if you're dying, if you drink it, you will be fine again. You'll be healthy. And also, even if you're dead, if you're sprinkled with just a few drops of the water, you'll chump up alive again. But for twenty years that well has been dry, not a drop of water. Could you ask Grandfather's son, why that is, and what we could do to get the water back. I will certainly do that, said Plavacek, and you will be well rewarded for it, said the king. So off went Plavacek, and he travelled and he travelled till he came to a forest, and he went through the forest, and it was a big, thick forest. But after a long time he came into a clearing, a huge meadow, all sparkling with lovely coloured flowers. And in the middle of the meadow there stood the golden castle that belonged to Grandfather Sun. So he went into the castle, and who should he meet sitting there spinning but his godmother? Ah, Plavacek, what are you doing here? she asked. Well, the king wants three hairs from the head of Grandfather's son. Ah, oh, is that so, she says. Well, I can easily find that. I can easily do that for you. We'll get you the hairs. But you can't be seen by him here. You'll have to hide under this bucket. And she lifted up a bucket for him to crawl under, and she was going to sit on it. If he comes in, he will be so hungry that... He will want to eat you, so you'd best if you keep out of sight. I have three questions to ask him as well, said Plavacek, and he told him about the apple tree and the well and the old man with the rainbow. I will ask him those things too, she said, but listen carefully, mark his words. So he crawled under the bucket and she turned it over him and sat on it. Now there was a great wind rose up around the castle, around this beautiful golden palace. The wind blew, and in through the west window came Grandfather's son, and he was an old man now, old and bent, but with brilliant golden hair. You see, in the morning he starts off as a small child, 
and as he travels over the sky, by midday he becomes a grown-up man. But by the end of the day, at sunset, he is an old man. And so he came in, in the guise of an old man, and he said, I smell human flesh. Who have you got in here with you, mother? Oh, she said, it's no one. I have no one in here. You can see for yourself there is no one here. Well, smells like it, smells like human flesh. You travel the world all day. You're always smelling human flesh. It's just clung to you as you've come home. Sit here, she says, and rest. Well, the son sat down, and he laid his head in her lap. You see, the old fairy godmother, the fate, she was his mother. And she stroked his hair until he fell asleep. And when he was sound asleep, she plucked one of the golden hairs from his head, and she dropped it on the floor. And it had a ring like metal. It was like somebody picking a guitar string when it landed on the floor. And he woke up and said, Mother, why did you wake me up? Oh, I'm sorry, son, she said, but I had a strange dream. Yes? What did you dream about? Well, I dreamt that there was an old man who has to row backwards and forwards across the Black Sea the whole time. That he's fated to do. But how can he break that fate? How can he be saved from that toil? Ta! He's a fool, said the son. All he has to do is hand the oars to the next person who comes along, and then it will be their fate to have to go backwards and forwards across the sea. Ah! So he went to sleep again. And again the old woman plucked another hair from his head and dropped it down on the floor. Ah, mother, he said, why have you woke me up? I had the strangest dream again, she said. I dreamt that there was... Uh, a beautiful apple tree that grew in a king's garden, and it bore fruit that return restored you to youth. But it hasn't flowered or bore any fruit for twenty years. Why is that? Well, that's easy, he said. There's a snake entwined around the roots of the tree that is sucking the sap out of it. If you kill the snake and then transplant the tree, it will bear fruit just as it used to. So he went to sleep again, and the third time she plucked another golden hair from her head and dropped it on the floor. Mother, he said, why do you keep waking me up? I'm sorry, she said, I'm sorry. I just, I had another dream. What did you dream this time? Well, I dreamt that that there was a, a king that had a well of the water of life that could restore life to anyone, make you, cure you of all illnesses, but it, it hasn't, it's dried up. There's been no water in it for twenty years. What's causing that? Oh, that's easy enough, he said. If you clean out the well you will find that the source of it is blocked by a monstrous frog. The frog is wedged in there and no water can get out. Kill the frog 
and the waters will flow again. Now, please let me get to sleep. I have to be up early tomorrow morning. I know, my son, she said. You sleep now, sleep. And so the son slept. And in the morning, when he woke up, he was just a tiny little baby sitting on the old woman's lap, a baby with beautiful golden hair. And it rushed out the east window and was on his way. Well, the old woman lifted the bucket up and said to Plavacek, Now you've had what you have to do. Here are the three golden hairs. Take these back to the king. And you won't see me again, she said, because you won't need me after this. He thanked her so much, and then he went on his way. Well, first he came to the kingdom that had the well of the water of life. And he went to the king, and the king said, Well, did grandfather's son give you the, the answer to my question? He did, he said. You must dig out the well and clean it properly and you will find a monstrous frog that is stuck, wedged in where the source of the water comes from. Kill the frog, and the waters will return. Well, they cleaned out the well, and sure enough, there was the monstrous frog. They killed the frog, pulled it out, and the water gushed forth. Well, the king was so happy, he gave Plavacek six beautiful snow-white horses and as much silver and gold as those horses could carry. So he set off and he came to the big town and he went to the king there and the king said, Did grandfather's son tell you why our tree with the apples of youth has not borne any fruit for twenty years? Yes, he said. You must dig up the roots, and there you will find a snake. You must kill the snake and transplant the tree. So they did. They dug it up, and there was a snake in the roots. They killed the snake. They transplanted the tree. And immediately, as soon as the tree was in a new position, it started to bear flowers. It looked beautiful. Well, the king was delighted, and he gave Plavacek six black horses as black as a raven's wing, and on them as much gold and silver as they could carry. And then he set off to the shores of the Black Sea with his twelve horses and all his treasures. He came to the old man, and the old man said, Did grandfather's son tell you how I can, how I can be free of this curse? how I can break this fate of having to row backwards and forwards across the sea. He did, but first, before I tell you, you must take me and all my horses across. And the old man agreed, and he rode Plavacek and his, all his horses back over with him. Well, when he got to the other side, he told the old man, all you have to do is the next person that gets in the boat, give them the oars, to row, and then your fate will be theirs. They will have to row backwards and forwards, not you. You chump out the boat, and the curse is broken. Oh, so simple, said the old man. Thank you, Plavacek. So off he went, a long way with all his horses, 
and all his treasures, and he got back to the palace. And the king was furious when he saw him enter, and even more so when he presented him with the three golden hairs. And the princess, well, her eyes were dry for the first time since he'd left. She was so happy to see him back, and she hugged him, and she kissed him, and she told him how much she loved him, and how much she'd missed him. And she said, those are beautiful horses, beautiful black and white horses, and all that treasure. Where did you get such a treasure from? Well, that is my reward, he said, for all the weariness that I have suffered, and all the hardships that I have endured, and for services that I have given to two kings. The first one had a tree that bore the fruit, the apples of youth, and if you ate them you became young again. But it wasn't blossoming, and I found out the answer to that, why it wasn't bearing fruit. And then there was another king, and he had the well of life, the water of life, in a spring there in a well. And it was blocked, and I was able to tell him how to get the waters back and restore them. Now the king interrupted him at this point and said, What? The apples of youth and the water of life? I must find these places. Oh, if I drank the, if I ate the, the apples of youth, I would become young again. And if I drank the water of life, I would be immortal. I would never die. Yes, I must go. I must go immediately. And he set off on his horse. And he rode all the way to the shores of the Black Sea. And there he met the old man in his boat who was sitting at his oars. "'Can you ferry me across the, the waters here?' he said, across the seas. "'Oh, yes,' said the old man. "'Oh, yes, I can do that, but I am a bit tired today. "'I've been rowing a lot. "'Please, sir, would you be kind enough to take the oars just, just for a short time?' "'Well, the king was so impatient that he sat down and snatched the oars.' And the old man chumped on the other side and was free of the curse, free of his fate. But now the king has to row backwards and forwards across the Black Sea, and it's his fate to carry on doing it. And, as far as I know, he is still rowing to this day. <laughs>